That's the prize? A free buffet? Oh, well, no, actually, it's not a buffet. It's a special reception at 10 o'clock in the penthouse conference room. Oh. Where a spectacular once-in-a-lifetime opportunity awaits you. What do you think? I think it's some kind of scam. Oh, good, a scam. We'll do it. Now, there are many books about scam artists. Actually, I'm sitting here with several of them in front of me. Flim Flam by James Randi, Sting Shift, uh, written, by, written for cops to detect scam artists. There are even the people who specialize in preying on religious people. They make people think that only a special kind of praying will heal your ailments. The tricks that they use are known, they're clever, they're well-documented. A healthy diet and exercise and good thinking methods will help a person much more than prayer will. Yet from my practice, I know that many people successfully use prayer to overcome psychological problems. With me today to discuss this apparent contradiction is Dr. Ed Buckner. Dr. Buckner is a part-time educational consultant, or was a part-time educational consultant, who received his Ph.D. in educational leadership from Georgia State University. He has consulted for the Criminal Justice Review, he's taught statistics, and he's the executive director of the Council for Secular Humanism. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be with you. So I would love to know What's going on with prayer? Why do people love praying, or many people love praying? Why do many people feel let down by it? Is there any good in it, or is it all bad? Oh, I'm sure there's some good in it. I, uh, prayer means different things to different people under different circumstances. Can you give an example of well, that? Well, if somebody, if somebody, when they say they're praying, what they really mean is that they're stopping and taking some time out for some quiet reflection and introspection. Uh, that's probably a good thing, and probably a lot of us ought to do that more often. So if I said, uh, Dear God, um, I don't know what to do about my husband. He cheated on me. Should I leave him or not? You know what? This is the 10th time he's done it. I think I better leave him. I'm sick of this. <laughs> and thank you so much, God. Yeah. Really, the person's doing their own. They, they start it They're with Dear God. It. They yeah. end it with Dear God. But what goes on inside is really their own credit. It's really their own introspective ability. Yeah, I think that's part of what goes on. Uh, it depends on what people mean by and what they expect when they pray. Uh, there was a, uh, a preacher in Cobb County, Georgia, where I came from, who uh, said in a newspaper column that all prayers are answered, that the answer is sometimes yes, sometimes no, and sometimes wait. The interesting thing about that, of course, is that there, there is then no way to test whether the prayer was effective or not, because all possibilities are covered. Interesting. Uh, he, meant, he meant that as a positive description of prayer, and in fact, for... Uh, from a rational point of view, it means that, uh, that nothing counts as evidence for or against uh, whether prayer is effective. Uh, those folks, uh, I uh, had somebody ask me one time, uh, you know, you're not a Catholic, would you go to a Catholic hospital uh, if you needed surgery? And I, my reply was, what would matter to me about a hospital would not be what the religious beliefs of the surgeon or uh, what religion he was or whether he was religious, but whether he was well-trained, whether he knew what he was doing, whether he had skills. And, and whether he uh, whether, valued his profession. Yeah, of course, and whether the hospital had the proper equipment and all those kinds of things. Uh, so uh, there have been studies that purportedly show that uh, uh, praying for people uh, makes them healthier or more likely to recover from illness. But in fact, there's no way to do a control for that. Uh, 
because allegedly, at least, uh, there are people praying for everyone. And, and uh, it's also a strange, strange notion that uh, there is this all-powerful being who is affected by the quantity of prayer, who, who uh, you know, a little bit more prayer will help somebody heal a little bit better. Why wouldn't he just go ahead and heal him if that's what he wants? Right, and bypass the praying. Yeah. Why didn't so, he stop September 11th from happening? Right, and I also uh, think that it's important when I've, I've heard over and over again people say, oh, it was a miracle. She recovered from this illness, or she she was in an airplane crash and everybody else died, but she didn't. It's a miracle. What about the other people who didn't recover? What about the folks who had cancer and who didn't, who had people praying for them or who were doing their best uh, to survive whatever uh, natural or unnatural disaster occurred it's not it's not rational to think that just because you happen to uh, survive something that that uh, was because of something uh, right you could ask yourself is there another explanation for this that, that's rational sure and uh, and not only could you ask yourself you should <laughs> yeah it's very yeah, important I agree. Think these things through. But people will say, I don't need any explanations. I just have faith in the process. I pray, I enjoy yeah. it, leave me alone, bug well, off. I, I honestly think that if somebody wants to uh, enjoy doing something like this in the privacy of their own lives, they should be able to. But I don't think that they should try to, if they want to say to me in the public arena that it helps and that I ought to convert to doing this sort of thing, then I have a problem with them. Well, then I want some evidence, then I want them to show me how it works or why it you works. You just have to have faith. Well, You're it's not a going circular to get argument. Evidence. It's a circular argument. Uh, have, what what is it that I have to have faith in it? Where do I start with this rational process? You just of have to take the to leap faith of faith and enjoy it, and let yeah, yourself go. A leap of faith to what? I mean, do I do I take a leap of faith to uh, uh, Vishnu, uh, to uh, Jesus, to uh, Muhammad, uh, to one or another New Age spirits? Uh, you know, somewhere you have to make a decision about what in what direction you're going to leap. And uh, it seems to me that you need to use your brain and be rational about these things and think it through and not do what your neighbor wants you to do or what your parents always did. You need to do what makes sense. And what makes sense is not at all obvious, not usually. You know, I, I, when I heard the definition of faith, it helped me a lot. It's belief in something for which there is no evidence or right. for which there is contradictory evidence. Right. And if my if, if I can't make sense of it, then I don't buy it. I want I love my mind too much, I love reality too much, I love the truth too much that I want to make sense of things. And if people tell me they have special powers and I and I don't have them, that doesn't make any sense. Right. I, it- Show me the evidence. Show me some reasons. Uh, I don't mean you have to show me a complete comprehensive reason to conclude something, because sometimes that's not available for something that is true, but there should at least be some evidence. And no evidence. contradictory evidence. Right. That's the, the scientific method. Absolutely. And, and the important thing about a scientific approach is, and a rational approach, maintain tentativeness. Even when you're nearly sure, stop short of saying you're sure, when in fact the evidence is not all in. And you know what? I would phrase that differently. I like contextual certainty, that within the context of our current knowledge, it's not that I'm going to be forever skeptical, it's within the context of our current knowledge. This is our current, these are our current conclusions, and we are open to new evidence. There you go. That's right. And it's, there's a big difference between being a skeptic and being a cynic. I don't think it's wise to be a cynic. I do think it's wise to be a skeptic. Oh, I would never, I, I, I love secularism without skepticism. I love using your mind well to be able to <laughs> grasp facts and knowing when you don't have all the facts and knowing when there could be more facts. That's okay, too. Agreed. Um, 
group. Uh, let's see. We, we've been talking about uh, basically the way you use your mind. If we got to the essence of our conversation today, it's do you use it by taking any leaps, which means that you don't integrate, that you detach, that you disconnect evidence that you have in your mind and you just believe it because other people say it or because you want something to be true. It's wishful thinking. Right. And I think that's dangerous in the short run and in the long run, that it won't lead to your own confidence of, of your internal confidence, your own peace of mind. I agree entirely, yes. Whereas when you use your mind well and think clearly and know when you need more evidence or when you are confused and you work to clarify that confusion, you love the internal working of your mind. You can admire yourself and that it pays off in happiness. You're not afraid of introspecting. You can ask yourself questions and you learn a lot more about yourself. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure being with you today. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and I'll see you next week on The Rational Basis of Happiness. Your future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your future is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologists Dr. Kenner and Locke. Finding the right person is hard work. Expect that most individuals you meet will not be the right one. The rewards of finding your soulmate are worth your effort. Even if you fear further rejection, never lie about yourself or withhold important information when you believe that your relationship has a future, such as withholding that you have a disease, a criminal record, or children from a former relationship. Hiding relevant information from a potential soulmate is a significant breach of trust and damaging to your own self Respect. Even if you know you might be rejected, it's better to get the rejection over with as soon as possible, since there would be no future in that relationship. The idea that what they don't know won't hurt them is wrong. It will hurt them and you too. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.